0: Welcome to episode 45 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing the best plan for a beginner lifter, how to go about doing single leg training, and how to stay motivated for your workouts when you're really, really busy. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What's up, Achievers? It's episode 45.
1: Happy Wednesday. Yup. Um, we had a big milestone today, actually. So, uh, today our Instagram following hit a hundred thousand followers, um, which is kind of crazy. I mean, we told, um, it was cool. Our staff actually got us a, a card and a bottle of champagne for for Jason. (laughs) Um, and they talked about how, um, in the beginning of the year we had, we do, um, like vision talks with our team. Um, we do them. We try to do them once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Just talk about like what our vision is this year, what we're looking to like looking ahead, what our big audacious goals are, and what our daily goals are, those kinds of things. And at the beginning of this year, we set the team down for a vision talk, and we said by the end of this year, we want to grow our Instagram following to a hundred thousand followers. We think that's going to give us different opportunities. We want to give growth opportunities to our coaches. Um, and it's May, and we hit that.
0: Yeah, we had that vision talk um, um, last year. So last year during the summer, I believe. Oh,
1: was it? Okay, yeah. I only said January. Um, but yeah, okay. But yeah,
0: uh, already already at the 100K mark. And I think, um, you know, we, we had like 900 followers at the time. So yeah. it was kind of a little bit of a leap. But, you know, we wanted to just set that sort of um, goal for us to actually push us. And a big thing for us was that we were starting to just kind of Just be aware of just the growing trends in the fitness industry, which was just, again, just over sexualization of of everything, Um, content that was used to promote products that, you know, that we all know just aren't aren't actually valid products, whether it's like rubbing some sort of like uh, fat burning lotion on your stomach or having a, like an ab belt or fit teas and all the stuff, um, that all these people were getting basically scammed on. So we were like, okay, how can we build a following and do it the right way without just shameless self-promotion, without just posting pictures of butts and abs and stuff <laughs> like that. And, um, you know, I think uh, people kind of like latched on to sort of the message that we were pushing. And um, yeah, we're we're, we're super excited with kind of where things are going and how we're able to uh, strike a chord and hopefully make, um, you know, a little bit of a dent in terms of the fitness industry and make it more positive and more inclusive.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when we talked to the staff about that goal, we said this is something that we're going to need to put a lot of time and effort into if we want to do this. And so we need you guys to be like the the faces of achieve and to really like step up as the, you know, we have now four full-time coaches. We have a few part-time coaches and like, we're going to rely on you heavily to keep achieve the positive supportive community that it always has been, um, to also keep it, the place where people get incredible results. Um mm-hmm. we're asking a lot of our coaches. We're asking them to basically be the best coaches in the industry. And <laughs> um and they're just doing a phenomenal job and that's why we were able they're the reason that we were able to do this. Um, mm-hmm. We spent five years or four and a half years doing like being in the gym and being in the trenches and making sure that everything was running smoothly. And when we finally realized like we have a team in place that can do this, they can, they can make this happen for us. And now we can actually have the opportunity to reach so many more people than the people in Somerville. I mean, Somerville, it's a city, but not, not a lot of people probably listening have heard of it, right? It's not a huge place, but we, we knew we had this opportunity, like Jason was saying, to really make a dent in the industry and really make some waves and, and change the way that people were talking about fitness, change the way people felt when they saw fitness accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really couldn't have done it without our, our amazing team um, of coaches. So we were just super th- thankful for them.
0: Yeah. And you know, like a lot of um business owners reach out to us talking about our social media following and how we're getting there and what kind of camera gear we're using and things like that. But we always bring it back to make sure that you put yourself in a position to succeed. So you need to spend a lot of time developing your staff, making sure your systems are set, making sure everything from an operational standpoint is set. And, you know, Truly, there's nothing that's ever going to be set from a small business perspective. You're constantly tinkering and tweaking and making things more and more efficient. But the more you can put yourself in that position before you try to venture off and um, build your brand outside of your four four walls, the better. And so um, we try to redirect those questions of what's our camera gear and what kind of editing software do we use to how can you empower your employees and how can you um, you make sure that your gym is already at a really good place before spreading your attention to another area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's been a really fun thing for us to experience throughout this last kind of year of, of putting a lot of effort into social media and, Mm -hmm kind of came to fruition today yeah and now ted this morning said okay so now is our goal uh a million by the end of the year then <laughs> <laughs> we're like okay ted slow slow your roll <laughs> but i mean who knows who knows yeah, where we'll go we'll
0: keep on we'll keep though. on
1: trucking all right so let's get into the questions today the first one we got a ton of good questions so we're gonna use questions from today and uh Questions that we got today for today's podcast and next week's podcast. <laughs> yep. um, so thank you for submitting them. By the yeah, way, thank yeah, thank you. These are these have been really awesome. Um, so the first one we're going to do is from Jeff Matt eighteen, and he said, "My question is for a beginner: Is it better to focus on full body workouts or the split routine of back, shoulders, legs, etc.?" Thanks in advance. Um, So, yeah, we we would definitely focus a beginner on full body workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we do with all of our all of our new members. Um, And I mean, even most of our advanced people, too, we still keep on a full body workout unless they're really very consistently showing that they're going to be coming in four or more times a week. Um, But for the most part, we think that telling someone to do split body workouts and telling them that they need to come in four or five days a week can be really overwhelming in the beginning for someone. Um, and then they're like, Oh my gosh, like there's so many people who, when we tell them that an ideal schedule at achieve is three to four times a week, they're like, that's it.
0: So relieved. like you
1: can, you can get results with three days a week. And we're like, yeah, we've been doing it for years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so the split, if you want to do a split body routine, there's nothing wrong with that, but you will have to put in more, a lot more days and a lot more time in the gym if you want to get the kind of same results you can get from total body workouts.
0: Yeah, total body is just going to be a lot more efficient. And it's really, I mean, that's, that's how we operate, right? When we're walking or doing some sort of activity, whether it's physical um, or if we're playing a sport, it, everything just involves your entire body. Your body doesn't break things down into body parts. So it makes sense to train that way. Um, The only time where we recommend straying away from total body is, like Lauren said, when people are actually coming in more four times a week or more and doing it very consistently. And so what happens then is if they do total body workouts four, five, six times a week, eventually it gets to a point where those muscles actually can't relax and recover. So that's when we start to split things up because we want to make sure that, um, let's say we do an upper and lower split. So we do upper body one day, lower body the other day. Your, um, let's say you do upper body on Monday and lower body on Tuesday. And the next time you do upper body is on Thursday. Um, now you've got two full days of recovery for your upper body, as opposed to doing total body days four days a week and having back-to-back days of your yourself being sore. So that's really where we start to split things up. But total body... Up until that point is the way to go, we think. For sure. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Question number two is from Rick <laughs> <laughs> Um They said, hey, I have, I have heard that single leg squats have a lot of benefits over both leg squatting. Better sport, better sport performance due to rare double leg pushing, lower injury rate while training, and improved double leg squatting. However, I'm unsure about the technique to use. Should I be on the Smith machine, pistol squats, hack machine squats... What kind of depth? Completely lost. Thanks for any info. Cool. So this is a great question. Um, and yeah, definitely we could be totally guilty of just being like, you should do single leg training and not going as far into depth um, with that. So so we'll definitely start, try to break some, down some specifics with that today. So... The reason that and, – and like he said in this question, the reason that single leg training is so beneficial, especially for athletes, is that there aren't a lot of sports where you jump off of two legs at, like, or, or run – I mean, when you're running, you're running one leg to the other. Yeah, yeah.
0: You might jump off two legs. Yeah, but that's Yeah, you're running. I just realized, running. like,
1: maybe basketball. Actually, maybe there are a bunch of sports. But running, sprinting, um, cutting. sprinting dynamic movements are all going to be on a single leg. And so to strengthen one leg at a time makes a lot more sense than to only strengthen the bilateral squat. We still think there's a time and a place for bilateral squats and that you can get getting strong in a squat is still pretty uh, beneficial for a lot of athletes.
0: Yeah, and the other benefit is just the whole stability component. So whether or not you're doing a lunge or a split squat or a step up, you're getting a total, like a, a complete amount of stability on that one side as you're pressing through the floor. Um, that just has large implications in terms of injury prevention and things like that. So in terms of single leg exercises uh, that we like to use with our members, um, for us, we like to kind of break it down into two different types of single leg exercises. And we categorize it as single leg exercises that are quad dominant, and single leg exercises that are hip dominant. So for single leg exercises that are quad dominant, some examples would be a split squat or a reverse lunge or a rear foot elevated split squat. All these exercises tend to emphasize the quad a little bit more and the front of the leg a little bit more. Um, Contrary to that, for more single leg exercises that are hip dominant, we like to do things like Single leg Romanian deadlifts or um, step ups or lunging on a valve slide. These things all tend to emphasize the glute and the hamstring and the backside of the legs a little bit more. And then I would say one more other category that we're taking into account is when people talk about single leg exercises, they actually a lot of times are talking about single leg supported exercises. So things like a split squat where both feet are actually on the floor, but One leg is contributing significantly less, so it has a very strong um, stability component and almost acts as a single leg exercise. So what we like to do is factor in unsupported single leg exercises. So single leg squats off of a box, um, single leg deadlifts like I talked about earlier. Um, these are all really good variations to keep in mind. So single leg, hip dominant, single leg, quad dominant and unsupported single leg exercises are what you want to consider.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they hear single leg squat, the most common one now would be that you might think pistol squat, Mm. like, okay, single leg squat must mean a a full squat on one leg, um, on the floor, which is actually a super, super advanced exercise. And also like, it, it's so hard for a lot of people to get into mobility wise that I don't think that a lot of people can get the strength benefits of a single leg squat from a pistol squat specifically Totally. Um, i mean they could if they have the mobility if they've been training for a long time Um, but we actually really prefer if you're thinking just single leg squat we really prefer it off of a box so standing on a box say your right foot's on the box and your left foot is hanging off the side of the box and you reach your you can reach your arms forward you can be holding weight in at your chest however you want to start sit your hips back and lower your left foot down to the ground. So you kind of like tap your heel to the floor. You should be able to use a box. In the beginning, you might use a shorter box and progress up to a box where you can get yourself so that your your working leg is about parallel mm-hmm. at the bottom and then stand back up. Um, that's going to limit the uh, or eliminate the need for extreme ankle range of motion. It'll also eliminate the need to go into lumbar flexion, like rounding in your back, which you really have to do for a pistol squat. Um, So it just is a little bit more of an accessible exercise for a lot of people when it comes to a single leg squat specifically. So that's probably what we would recommend starting with.
0: Yeah. And it's actually, it's funny. People seem to kind of like poo poo a little bit, single leg exercises, especially on the internet, because you can't really use quite as heavy weights as two legs being on the floor. Um, but don't be afraid to actually start to progressively load these exercises like you would a squat or a deadlift. Like we've seen people rear foot elevated split squat, like a lot of weight, a significant amount of weight. They've done like barbell single, uh, RFE squats with like 225. And I've seen people do single leg deadlifts with 315 on the bar. So, um, just because it's a single leg exercise doesn't mean it's a, like a foo-foo, like stability exercise only. Like you can develop a tremendous amount of strength, Purely based with single leg exercises. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah, the single leg squat off of the box can be a little harder to load. That's yeah, that's true. A weight vest is probably the best way to load it. Yeah, um, because you don't have to hold the weight in place. Because it's easier to do if you can reach your arms out in front of you. But you're limited in how much weight you can push out in front of you because yeah. your shoulders will end up being it's like the a limiting factor. Raise, yeah, yeah. Um, so a weight vest um, or even like a sandbag on your shoulder could be a good version. Mm-hmm. Um, in order, if if you want to start loading it a little heavier, yeah. All right. Awesome. So we will go to our last question for today, which is from Chris Crockett. And he asked any tips on staying in shape and getting your workouts done when you're spending 40 plus hours coaching and losing motivation to get your own lifts done. You all seem to handle that very well. Thanks. It's Um, a great question. It's a great question. (laughs) And we have been there. And not been handling it very well <laughs> at, at times. <laughs> at times, yeah. Um, so when we first opened Achieve, yeah, we were kind of in the same boat working 40, 50, 60 coaching hours a week. Um and kind of doing it all on our own and finding it very hard definitely to stay in the gym longer to do our own workout Mm -hmm. i think it's so funny i feel like so many people are always like oh you're like you're a trainer you must be in the gym all the time it must be so easy for you to get your workout your own workouts in (laughs) and we were always like the last thing we want to do is stay at the gym for one more minute (laughs) to work on ourselves we've just given everything we have to everyone else and we just have nothing left like your energy just feels like it's gone
0: yeah i feel like we're kind of in the same category as like like a lot of people actually in the beauty industry, like hairstylists, like hair cutters or um, uh, massage therapists or, you know, people along that sort of vein where it's like very people oriented and service oriented. And you just kind of like you get drained from what seems like like let's say you're training 35 personal training hours, like that's a lot for a personal trainer. That's like so taxing on that person. Um, But to the lay person, they're like, oh, you you work 34, 35 hours this week. That's not too bad.
1: That's a normal work week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of strategies for us, you know, I think for me, especially for me, I had to really take a step back in terms of the amount of weight I was using. And I was constantly trying to push towards weights that I was using prior to opening up Achieve. Um, when I was personal training, and it would just burn me out too much. And so I kind of had to take more of a mental switch, um, you know, let my ego take a back seat and operate more based on RPE. So whatever lift I had that day, i would say, okay, I'm going to try to hit an RPE of about seven and, you know, do whatever reps and sets I can move on to the next exercise and just kind of like build consistency from there. But I knew that if I did five by fives and tried to increase weight every single workout, it would just become way too much. And it would end up kind of like demotivating me. And I did enter that sort of like phase for a little bit um, because I was getting burnt out. I would get little aches and pains and just get set back constantly. So it was kind of like mandated. So now a a lot of what I do is, you know, a relatively heavy compound set for the day. And then I'll take things back quite a bit and do more like quote unquote bodybuilding type of movements or easier type of movements and less just heavy grinding powerlifting type of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, that was the same for me for sure. Like I needed to stop trying to push the weights constantly. I still love to lift heavy and I still want to, I still include that in my workouts, but I needed to stop trying to do five by five week in and week out Mm -hmm. and push that five RM like every time. Um, Another thing that really, really helped me, um, I think the biggest turning point for me was asking Jason to start writing my programs for me. Um, Just having somebody else say, This is what to do. You don't have to think about it. I know like somebody who knows you who has either assessed you or is somebody who sees you on a daily basis who kind of knows what you need and what you can accomplish. Um, Having the accountability to somebody else's program really made a difference for me. Um, So I would say if you have any any fellow coaches like it doesn't have to be you can it's great to go hire someone and go hire a coach. But even if you have coaches that work with you, um, just say, Hey, would you mind writing me a program this month? Um, It's a cool opportunity for your coaches. If you have people working for you or people working around you to say like, Hey, I respect you. I really, I think that you're good at what you do. And and would you mind writing me a program? Um, And for me, it just made a huge difference to have somebody else kind of holding you accountable.
0: Yeah, or I mean, yeah, you can kind of like trade services. It's um, yeah. it's really just kind of like writing your own becomes like the last of your priorities, especially right. if you're coaching a lot and you're programming a lot for your clients. It's just like it's like it just keeps falling down the wayside, and then it just um, you just don't do it, right? <laughs> right? So yeah,
1: yeah. So like you could write a program for someone, and they write one for you, mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah. or pay someone for it to write you a program. But either way, I think it's a worthwhile investment, um, because it just really it really makes a huge difference. So yeah, and then. The other thing is kind of just like remembering why you got into this in the first place. Like there is a reason and it probably was because you loved, you fell in love with fitness and how it made you feel at one point in your life. Um, and, and don't lose that and go back to what made you so excited about it in the beginning. And maybe your workouts were a little different back then and maybe kind of revisit what you were doing back then a little mm-hmm. bit um, and find that spark again. Make it, make it fun again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, going. I want to go a little bit more into detail about like kind of like an example of a day that I would do. And so for me, an upper body day would be like I might do some sort of like Olympic lifting movement, like a power snatch. Um, Again, nothing too crazy heavy, just um, just enough to make sure that I I can use enough weight to rehearse the movement well. And then I'll go into let's say a bench or an overhead press, and that's my main compound movement. And then I'll just go down the line and do like pull-ups supersetted with push-ups and then a horizontal row variation that's like relatively moderately taxing like a like a cable row or a cable face pull that I can can clearly do on low on high fatigue kind of thing Um, supersetted with a some sort of um, some sort of other upper body pushing exercise whereas before it would be like trying to do um, bench press for five sets, and then going into another compound exercise, whether it was like a heavy RDL or some other heavy variation. And it would just get to a point where by the time I got to my third superset, I would just be so fried. And then to think about repeating that the next day would be just overwhelming. So um, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome.
1: So yeah, hopefully all of that is helpful. Helpful.
0: But yeah, you're definitely we've all been there before even though we we act like it's like not that big of a deal like sometimes it is very difficult still to get into the gym and get the workout in just kind of like punch that clock
1: yeah we totally get where you're coming from yeah It can be hard. So, all right. So that is everything that we have for you today. Thank you so much for all of your questions. Like I said, again, we got a ton of questions today. So come Monday, we will answer some of the rest of the ones that came in today. If you have been liking what you're hearing and you would like to hear more and you would like this co- for this podcast to keep going, we would love a review on iTunes. It would really help us out and show us that people are listening and that you like what you hear. Um, and any feedback, too, would be great. So if you want to DM us on Instagram at Achieve Fitness Boston, just tell us what you like about the podcast. Anything that you would like to hear from us or any changes that you would like um that would help you out that would be great too and until next time peace love and and muscles. muscles